Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode 34 of The Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life. And your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion. My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. All right, what's going on, everyone? Today's episode is all about cigarettes, e-cigarettes, vaping, cigars, hookah. I mean, all these things you've probably heard of before. A lot of these newer versions of smoking are more of a recent thing, but obviously cigarettes have been around for a long time. But how do they stack up against each other? Are they all really bad for your health? Are some not as bad for you? Are some of them healthy for you? And before we get started, full disclosure, I am not a smoker. (laughs) I mean, I was lucky enough to grow up in an age where smoking, for the most part, especially cigarettes, was becoming kind of less and less cool as I got older, and more and more health risks continue to pop up from the Surgeon General and just awareness campaigns as I was growing up as a child. So I was lucky in that regard. But these days, I mean, the last 10 years, 15 years, there's so many different things that people are smoking or inhaling. And it is, it's like a new age, really. And the chances are, even if you don't smoke or inhale or smoke anything, chances are you know someone that smokes something. And maybe it's someone whose health that you actually care about. So one of the benefits for me of doing this podcast is sometimes it it provides me a challenge where I'm able to learn about topics that I don't know very well. And I do the research to do an episode for you guys, but I also have the benefit about learning for myself. And I'm always pushing myself to learn more, and I encourage you to do the same. Not just things that you're familiar with, but things that you believe will be helpful to yourself and to others. So today's episode, all about these different smoking methods and how they stack up against each other. And also, just a heads up on today's episode, I'm not going to be going into marijuana. I did a deep dive on that Uh, A two-episode deep dive, actually, on CBD, cannabinoids, and everything in that regard. And that was episode 11 and 12 with Dr. Mike T. Nelson. So you can check those episodes out if you want more of a a deep dive on marijuana and the pros and the cons, the benefits, etc. So starting off, let's start with cigarettes. That's kind of the the big elephant in the room still by, by percentage. And while smoking cigarettes peaked in the 1950s and 60s, where at its peak, almost 45% of all adults in America uh, were smoking cigarettes. And roughly today, as of 2020, that 45% has gone down to 14%. So as of today, even after all the different ad campaigns and people, I mean, just about everyone knows that smoking in general is not good for you. There's still about 14% of Americans that are still smoking cigarettes, which equates to about 34 million in the U.S. Worldwide, there's about 20% of adults that are smoking tobacco. So America is doing better than the world as a whole, but still 20% of adults around the world 
That's over a billion people that are still smoking tobacco products regularly every single day. So for cigarettes, let's talk about some of the potential pros of smoking. And uh, there are a few pros that, I mean, pros here in quotes here, but we should still take a look at these. There's been numerous studies that have shown an inverse relationship between smoking and Parkinson's disease, which is very interesting. Smoking also lowers your risk of obesity because the nicotine that's present in tobacco acts as an appetite suppressant. So if you're always smoking, you're just not going to be as hungry. Then this is a fact that tobacco companies, once they realize this, they use this very extensively in their marketing. Beginning as early as 1920s, marketers of cigarettes would actually target women in particular with the promise of losing weight and keeping them thin if they smoked which is uh, it's very twisted, I know, and it's almost sad that they took that approach, in my opinion. Nicotine also acts as a stimulant, and it gives you a potential boost of energy and focus that can put you actually in a good mood, especially if you have uh, addiction to nicotine. It can definitely give you a boost when you need it. Also, another potential benefit of smoking is it can be seen as a social activity where fellow smokers will go out outside and have a smoker break, and it gives them a chance to go outside for five minutes and just kind of ease their stress and tension. Also, smoking forces you to take deep breaths. And the breathing itself helps to relax you. Granted, you are smoking and breathing in a bunch of potentially cancer-causing chemicals. But hey, at least you're taking deep breaths, right? <laughs> now for the cons. And there are a lot of cons with smoking cigarettes. So I'm going to try to go through these quickly, but uh, there is a lot. So you're going to be increasing your blood pressure. You're going to be decreasing your circulation to your extremities, whether it's your arms, your limbs, your skin, everywhere. You're going to be normally increasing your anxiety and irritability, which is normally associated with nicotine withdrawal. So if you miss a smoke or you normally smoke a pack a day and today you only smoke three cigarettes, you could actually create more anxiety and irritability just because of that nicotine, that drug withdrawal that you're having at a, at a moderate level. You're going to be dealing with smoky and smelly hair and clothes, whether you're dealing with firsthand cigarettes, which meaning you're smoking, or secondhand smoke, meaning you're around someone that's always smoking. And the funny thing is, <laughs> when you're smoking all the time, you don't even realize that you smell of smoke and cigarettes and tobacco. It's not until you quit smoking that you realize that smell that that really gets stuck in your clothing very, very heavily. And uh, yeah, it's, it's strange how when you're smoking all the time, you don't even smell it anymore. Another uh, negative is you're going to have unhealthy teeth. When you're smoking regularly, you're going to have more yellowish and brownish teeth. And you're going to also increase your risk of having any kind of bone or tooth loss and gum recession. Again, partly due to the lack of blood circulation to the extremities, including your gums. Oftentimes, smokers have a persistent cough, also known as smoker's cough. And this comes from a multitude of reasons, from damaged airways. It's almost like a version of bronchitis. Bronchitis, again, is an inflammation of the bronchial tubes that go down your throat. In addition to that inflammation, you also have the creation of like a thickened mucus. And it's that thick mucus and the inflammation, that combination, that results in a narrowing of the airways that makes it harder to breathe and oftentimes leads to coughing. In terms of heart disease, both smokers and those exposed regularly to secondhand smoke 
are going to see more heart attacks. You're going to have higher cholesterol because tobacco smoke itself lowers your HDL good cholesterol and raises your LDL bad cholesterol and triglycerides. You're going to be weakening your immune system, which means you're going to have a harder time fighting off infections and you may be sick more often. In terms of infertility, both men and women who smoke are going to be far more likely to experience both short-term and long-term fertility issues, meaning if you smoke for a long time and then you're having a hard time having a baby, you may stop and still have trouble having a baby for, for a while, for years even, until some of those damage that is done from smoking kind of heals itself over time. Men are also going to be experiencing more erectile dysfunction. Again, we talked about how smoking is going to be limiting blood flow to the extremities. In terms of diabetes, smoking actually increases your insulin resistance, making it much more likely for you to develop type 2 onset diabetes, which is, again, a big, big killer in America and across the world, really. In terms of blood clotting, smoking also increases the clotting going on in your body. Now, normally under healthy conditions, there's a normal amount of blood clotting that goes on. But when your blood clotting gets out of control or it becomes heightened, in the case of smoking, blood clots can actually lead to heart damage and, of course, even death if that blood clot moves to your heart, your lungs, or your brain. In terms of menopause, female smokers tend to enter their menopause phase earlier than non-smokers, on average a couple years earlier. And also, while you're having your menopause phase uh, smoking has been linked to increases in your hot flashes for women. In terms of vision, smoking has been linked to increasing your risk of developing glaucoma, which is an eye disease, macular degeneration as a whole, and cataracts. In terms of your lungs, uh, this is a big one, lung cancer. When you're smoking, you're increasing your risk of lung cancer in both men and women, and lung cancer is a huge, huge, big killer in across the world. Again, not just America, but across the world. If you regularly deal with asthma attacks, we talked about earlier how smoking can increase the, the breathing complications and make it harder for you to breathe. So if you have asthma, expect it to get worse if you're smoking. We talked earlier how smoking can cause you to lose weight because of that loss of appetite. But one of the reasons why it does that is because smoking causes a decrease in your sense of smell and taste. So it just makes eating as a whole, not only are you less hungry, but eating when you do eat, it's just less enjoyable. And those that quit smoking regularly will suddenly notice that their, their foods will taste much more vibrant, which is, in my opinion, a really good thing. Because when you're eating delicious, wholesome foods that have incredible flavor, I mean, it's one of the, the joys of life. You may also notice yellow hands if you're smoking all the time because when you're touching tobacco products, those tobacco products can actually stain your fingers and your fingernails, giving them almost a, a yellow hue to them. Women who smoke are also going to see an increased risk of cervical cancer. And yeah, I mean, I, I talked about lung cancer, cervical cancer, but really all your risks of all different types of cancers are going to be increased when you're smoking. Because especially, especially, especially anything that the tobacco smoke touches. So we're going to be talking about cancers of the mouth, the throat, the lungs, as we already said, the bladder, the kidneys, even blood cancers such as leukemia. Anywhere where that tobacco smoke is touching is going to be at a much, much higher risk of uh, developing cancer in those areas, 
plus just cancer across the board. In terms of anti-aging, if you're smoking regularly, you're going to see more wrinkles and more sun damage because cigarettes literally are causing your skin to dry out and have premature aging. And a big part of this is just the reduced blood flow that we talked about earlier to the skin. Less nutrients are being delivered to the skin. Less waste products are being pulled away from the skin. So it just leads to a compounding effect leading to more wrinkles and more sun damage. And lastly, if you are lucky and able to get pregnant, when you're smoking, you're going to see an increased risk of miscarriages, oxygen deprivation for your baby, growth problems, physical deformities, and SIDS. So even if you do get pregnant, again, it's hard enough to get pregnant when you're smoking. If you do get pregnant and you're still smoking, it leads to a ton of complications. So that's it for cigarettes. I mean, I've known for a long time that cigarettes are bad for me, so I've avoided them. But man, just reading through all the, the negative health effects, it is a long list. And um, I really hope that you are not smoking cigarettes. But hopefully uh, this list may be an eye-opener for you or someone that you care about. All right, next up we got e-cigarettes and vaping. Now oftentimes e-cigs and vaping are lumped into one category. But there is quite a few differences. E-cigarettes are definitely less popular, I would say, these days. And they look like traditional cigarettes. They're normally not refillable. And all the different brands that you can buy, like at a gas station or a convenience store, they all pretty much look the same. They just look like a, a regular cigarette, but they are electric. And when they run out, they're just disposable. Vapes, on the other hand, are much more trendy-looking pens with like a refillable tank. And you can use your own e-juice, as they call it, or e-liquid, which is the fuel that you use for the vape. And it provides that, that nicotine and the flavor for that, for that e-juice or that e-liquid. And speaking of flavor, you can control whatever flavor or taste that you want. One of the reasons why vaping is so popular and addictive is because it tastes really good. Uh, a lot of youth and younger people uh, like vaping a lot. But when you combine that with the addictive properties of nicotine, you're really causing a lot of risk for the young generation. So let's talk about quickly some of the pros of vaping or e-cigarettes. Oftentimes it is said that e-cigarettes and vaping are slightly, slightly safer than cigarettes, keyword slight here, because they normally don't contain tobacco itself or a lot of the toxins and cancer-causing carcinogens that are included in the combustible version of tobacco cigarettes. E-cigs and vaping also appear to be slightly less risky to smokers who have asthma, and overall, it seems that when you switch from regular cigarettes to e-cigs, you're going to see a slight reduction in short-term adverse health effects on multiple organ systems, from your kidneys to your liver. But the key word is short-term and slight. So these are very, very subtle benefits here. In terms of cons, both e-cigarettes and vaping still contain nicotine. So even though most of them don't contain tobacco, you're still getting a high dose of nicotine, which is obviously very addictive, and it can lead to the use of even more nicotine products and drugs just to get that fix. Now, nicotine itself is linked to damage to the nervous system, your cardiovascular system, your respiratory system. It leads to various cancers, and again, it can lead to a whole host of problems if you're trying to have a child and conceive. The aerosols that are used in vapes are still very addictive. They have heavy metals. They have lots of toxic and carcinogenic ingredients, for example, formaldehyde, which causes 
DNA damage and can lead to cell mutations. I mean, they use formaldehyde to preserve like dead bodies. <laughs> so that that pro that I talked about earlier of e-cigarettes and, and vaping having less of those carcinogenic ingredients may be true compared to normal cigarettes, but they still have a whole host of them themselves. Like you're getting a lower dose potentially, but it's not meaning that you don't have them at all. There's still a lot of toxic ingredients in these things. There's also been cases of e-cigarettes actually exploding and causing burns and projectile injuries to the smoker that is smoking them, which is which is dangerous enough. Not only are you smoking this e-cigarette and doing damage and causing potential cancer and a lot of bad health benefits, sometimes they explode. Like, what? Are you serious? When I read that, I was like, there's no way. Like, how are people still smoking these? And uh, I also have to mention this. If you, uh, unfortunately, intentionally or unintentionally drink or try to inject the e-liquids that are used or the e-juice that are used in vaping that can cause serious, serious damage or death. I mean, that is uh, natural selection at work there. Honestly, if you're trying to inject e-liquids, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you there. But one of the potential dangers, so I had to bring it up. And also, just in general, if you're smoking or vaping anything, you're going to be creating more oxygen reactive species and oxidative stress in your body, which is going to lead to faster aging and more DNA mutations. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to long-term cause and effect hard data, because e-cigarettes and vaping are relatively new compared to cigarettes, there is not much long-term data to confirm health damage, uh, looking at these things isolated. Now, you can look at the ingredients involved in these things, in e-cigarettes and vaping, and you can know that these ingredients in isolated form are going to be causing cancer. And they can also track these intermediate biomarkers of cancer that are supporting their hypothesis of increased risk when you're smoking these things. But only time will tell just how much damage is caused by e-cigarettes and vaping. Next up, we got cigars. Now, cigars in general, just kind of a high-level view, cigars are much more simple. They're literally just tobacco. You have a tobacco wrapper leaf, you have binder leaves, and a filler, which is the filler is just shredded tobacco as well. Whereas compared to a cigarette, you're going to have the tobacco blend inside, but also hundreds and hundreds of additives, a microplastic fiber filter, and the outside paper. So the pros of smoking a cigar, it's going to be cleaner than a cigarette. You're not going to have all these toxic additives or extra chemicals added. And proper cigars also have a much more rich flavor from these carefully and specifically grown tobacco leaves. Another potential pro is you normally don't smoke cigars very often. They're more of a celebratory thing. And lastly, with cigars... You don't inhale the smoke of a cigar. You just kind of roll the smoke inside your mouth and you let it go. So the elevated risk of cancer associated with cigars is normally concentrated on where those carcinogenic compounds are in contact with. So while you might create some some long-term oral or dental problems potentially if you're smoking cigars regularly, and overall you may even increase your risk of having cancer as a whole slightly, But for the most part, your lungs, your esophagus, etc., those things that you get hit the hardest when you're smoking regular cigarettes, 
they're not going to have the same cancer risk associated with it when you're smoking a cigar. So it's just much harder for those toxins in general to enter your bloodstream through your mouth, via your mouth, like you're smoking a cigar, compared to entering your bloodstream through the very, very thin barriers of your lungs. I mean, that, that barrier is almost non-existent between your bloodstream and your lungs. Now, in terms of cons, smoking cigars, even without all the additives, it still has tobacco in it, and tobacco has nicotine. And as we mentioned earlier, nicotine has been linked to cancers, damage to the nervous system, the cardiovascular system, and respiratory systems. And typically, the regular cigar is going to have between 10 to 20 times the amount of nicotine as a regular cigarette. But like we mentioned earlier, normally you're not inhaling cigar smoke. And again, cigars last about 10 times longer than a cigarette. And you're not normally smoking cigars as often as cigarettes. So just something to keep in mind. There haven't been really any good studies that I've found that really compare the amount of nicotine absorption between cigars and cigarettes. Just because there's so many variables, so many moving parts. Alright, now last up we got hookah. Now, the word hookah, or sometimes referred to as shisha, <laughs> uh, actually refers to the glass-based device, that beaker that is used to smoke tobacco. And then there's going to be a bowl for the coals and tobacco. There's going to be an ashtray. There's going to be a hose with a mouthpiece that is used to draw smoke into. And the water bowl, which is used to both cool and humidify the tobacco smoke. And this hookah smoke is literally cooled by passing through the water. Hence why it's smoking hookah is sometimes referred to as water pipe smoking. And hookah has really become much more popular in the last 15 years, 10 to 15 years in North America and parts of Europe. But it's been a central part of Middle Eastern culture, places like Persia and India for many, many centuries. Now hookahs, just like vapes, have become much more popular, especially with the younger crowd. As early as high school and through college and through early adulthood, some estimates say between 15 to 20% of all young adults have used a water pipe or a vape in the last 30 days, partly because of mainstream and social media. You know, you see uh, different rappers or different celebrities smoking. And also partly, like I mentioned earlier, hookah tobacco comes in an assortment of different flavors, whether it's mint or cherry, chocolate, coconut, apple, I mean, you name it, literally, there's going to be a flavor for it. Uh, I have tried hookah in the past because I had a roommate that was really big into hookah. So I tried it a couple times. And I think back then, this is like eight or nine years ago, uh, back when I was living in D.C. But I think my favorite flavors were like grape and honeydew melon. And it does have a very sweet and light flavor, which is enjoyable. But once you realize what you're actually uh, smoking and inhaling, uh, definitely not something that I wanted to continue doing uh, on a regular basis. Now, when we look at the pros, the potential pros of smoking hookah, again, a big one is it can be seen as a social activity, whereas something like smoking a cigarette and vaping can be much more of an individual thing. Hookah is very, very associated with like a social activity, hence why you see so many hookah lounges becoming a popular thing, whereas you don't really see uh, cigarette lounges coming up. Um, that being said, you do see cigar lounges as well because cigars do take about an hour to burn. But again, cigars are different and cigars are meant for your enjoyment, not just getting a nicotine fix uh, like cigarettes are. 
But the point is, smoking hookah can be seen as a social gathering where you're getting together with friends and you're all smoking the same hookah and passing that mouthpiece around. We're also going to be getting less teeth staining by smoking hookah. Typically, because of the inhalation technique used with a hookah mouthpiece, you're going to be preventing a lot of the smoke from going to your teeth and preventing getting those typical yellow smoking uh, teeth stains. You're also going to be smelling better as a potential pro because the tobacco that is used in hookahs are oftentimes treated with a sweetener or like a fruit extract to produce a much more pleasant smell compared to the smell of cigarettes. Now, when we talk about the cons, the negatives of smoking hookah, there are, there are lots, just like um, you would expect. So hookah smoke contains nicotine, carbon monoxide, carcinogens, and may even contain much higher amounts of tar and heavy metals compared to smoking a cigarette. Hookah smoke has also been linked to lung cancer, heart disease, infectious diseases, and pregnancy-related complications. So all the good stuff that we already know associated with nicotine, plus even more. Now here's an interesting negative. Hookah sessions normally, on average, last a lot longer than your typical cigarette session. Um, So in terms of the length of the session, in terms of the frequency of inhalation, there's a lot of variables here. But estimates say an hour of hookah tobacco smoking is said to be the equivalent of between 400 and 100 cigarettes in terms of toxins that can enter your bloodstream, enter your body through that cool smoke. Now, granted, that's a wide range, 40 to 100 cigarettes, but the point is hookah smoke contains on average between 20 to 30 times more tar, T-A-R, like literally tar, than cigarettes, up to 15 times more carbon monoxide, a.k.a. what comes out of your tailpipe from your car, from a a combustion engine car, Uh, go electric vehicles, go Tesla. But uh, yeah, coming out of your tailpipe normally, and up to two to three times more nicotine than a cigarette. So that is some shocking figures to me. And all these different risks are compounded by the fact that the average hookah session, you know, the average one hour hookah session lasts about 200 puffs, whereas a normal cigarette may get you 20 puffs. And during studies, they found that the average amount of smoke inhaled during a typical hookah session is around 90,000 milliliters, whereas a typical session with a cigarette is only 600, between 500 and 600 milliliters of smoke inhaled. Now again, these are just a lot of numbers and a lot of stats from different multiple studies that were done, but the point of this is, the takeaway message is, hookah sessions can cause a lot of serious damage, even more so than cigarettes. Also keep in mind that with, with cigarettes, Normally, the secondhand smoke of smoking a cigarette is more minimal because these days, at least in America, and I know other places as well, but especially in America, you're now required to go outdoors to smoke cigarettes. Whereas when you're in a hookah lounge or if you're in your living room smoking your your own personal hookah, you're getting a ton of secondhand tobacco and toxin smoke between every puff, between every inhalation just with every breath that you have because you're in the same room and the room is filled with those those toxins and that smoke. And also because of the tobacco and all the toxins in the smoke, you have pretty much the same damage that we talked about earlier. You're increasing your risk of pretty much every type of cancer and disease imaginable. 
you're going to be getting the same negative of premature skin aging because you're going to be decreasing the amount of oxygen and nutrients to your skin, just like smoking any tobacco product will. And also a big negative is the hookah industry is highly unregulated. So a lot of these tobacco blends that you're smoking can oftentimes be mislabeled, meaning you have no idea what you're smoking or what the concentrations are. By smoking hookah, you're also going to be further increasing your, your risk of having a respiratory infection or an oral infection or infectious disease due to the fact that you're just sharing a common hookah mouthpiece with a group when you're smoking in a social setting. And trust me, if you're trying to swap out your own personal plastic disposable hookah tip when you're in a hookah lounge, that's you don't see that. It just doesn't happen. It's going to lead to social awkwardness. It's just not a very common practice. So the fact that you're sharing that mouthpiece with upwards of half a dozen or more people, it just leads to uh, more risk, definitely. Now there's a new version of hookah that has come out more recently that burns with an electric heating element instead of the charcoal. But all the isolated studies of these new electric charcoal hookahs show that they're actually killing more lung cells per inhalation compared to the traditional hookah. So they're not healthier at all. And oftentimes the water in the hookah is thought to filter out harmful ingredients. And this is not the case at all. The water is cooling the smoke, but it is not removing any of the harmful ingredients. So honestly, smoking hookah is definitely no healthier than smoking cigarettes. And because of the length of the hookah sessions uh, and because of the other risk factors that I talked about, it can actually be more dangerous to your health. So in summary, it looks like pretty much smoking anything is going to be very, very bad for your health. Any kind of potential pro of smoking is greatly, greatly outweighed by the cons that are associated with smoking. And out of the cigarettes and e-cigarettes, vaping, hookah, cigars... I would say they're all pretty much evenly matched in terms of how bad they are for you, other than cigars. I would say smoking cigars are going to be slightly um, just better for you. I think there's going to be less risk when you're smoking a cigar, partly because it's much more pure. There's just going to be the tobacco. Granted, the tobacco itself is not good for you, but because you don't have all those extra additives and compared to a lot of the extra carcinogens that are and toxins and tar that is added to cigarettes and a lot of the e-juice. Cigars are a lot cleaner. You're not normally smoking cigars as often. And because you're not inhaling a cigar smoke, you're just kind of rolling it around your mouth. I would say none of these are good, but if you had to choose one, cigars are the, the healthiest of the bunch. But again, that's not my recommendation to go smoking cigars. That's just a clear standout among this crowd that we've been comparing in today's episode. So that's it for this episode 34 on smoking all these different things that are popular in today's culture. Again, uh, it is a part of our culture, whether you smoke or not. I'm sure you know someone that does smoke. Maybe someone that thinks it's not that unhealthy. Maybe someone that thinks it's not doing any damage. And hopefully you can uh, enlighten them a little bit if you do care about them and uh, care about their health. But for now, we're going to roll into topical tip 34, where we're going to be talking about all the different unique relationships that people have with food. And there's a lot of unique ones. So let's get into that right now. Here we go. (music) 
Today on Tomco Tip 34, we're going to be talking about the different unique relationships that people have with food and trying to find out what your unique relationship is and is it a healthy relationship. You know, for some people, eating food is a source of stress relief. When things get stressful in life, sometimes eating food can help you relax and feel better. For some people, they use food or they enjoy snacks as a way to stay focused while they're working on whatever they're working on, whether it's for their company that they work for or are doing homework. It makes the process of working on something sometimes more enjoyable if you have a snack that goes along with it. Sometimes people see food as a social event where it gives you an excuse to go out with your friends and coworkers, and it would be more awkward if you just hung out with them and did nothing. But when you're able to get together around food and have a social event where you're eating delicious food, and you get to hang out with your friends. It makes it a much more overall enjoyable experience. Some people see food as an expression of culture and they love to go out of their way to try different foods from different cultures as a way to experience that culture. Some people love to grow their own food, either you know specialty herbs or spices at home on their windowsill, or maybe they have their own garden. But when they eat and they, they grow what they eat, a lot of people are find that they're able to feel a deeper connection to the earth that we live on and gives them perspective in life. And some people eat only for nutrition. They don't care about the taste. They only care about fueling their bodies with the right nutrients to maximize their life, their strength, energy, and health. So what is it with you? What relationship do you have with food? And to be honest, it's probably a combination of these things, right? Like for me, for example, when I'm by myself, I normally eat extremely, extremely healthy with a focus on health and providing my body just with what it needs. Luckily, my taste buds have also evolved over time so that I really do enjoy the healthy food that I normally now eat all the time. But I'm also able to flip the switch. When I go out with friends, I'm able to enjoy you know, these tasty food experiences. Or when I go to different countries, I'm able to enjoy the different cultures by eating whatever is popular there, whatever the street food is there, even if it's not healthy at all. Because I want to be present, life is very short, and I want to appreciate and enjoy that culture. But again, when I'm by myself, I eat very, very strict. That's kind of the, the way that I go about things. And I found when I ate really, really strict while I was in a different country and I didn't really get to enjoy the food, uh, I wasn't as happy and you always want to be present with yourself and listen to yourself and find out what's going to bring you the most happiness and when I know that I'm eating healthy you know 95% of the time or even more and I'm able to flip that switch and really be present and truly enjoy delicious food that I know probably isn't healthy to me that's the best of both worlds but you have your own idea of how you want to do things for sure so I'm not saying that my approach is the right approach. Another thing that I make sure that I do is I make sure that I don't eat food to relieve stress. I don't want that to be one of the options for me. If I ever do feel stress, I don't want to take the easy road of just eating something to try to make myself feel better. I don't think that's a, a long-term or a healthy solution. I also make sure that when I go buy things, when I go to the grocery store, I make sure when I'm there, I'm not buying any unhealthy food. Again, when I'm just by myself. I am very, very rigid when I need to be with myself, but also very flexible when I choose to be. Again, rigid when I need to be, flexible when I choose to be. To me, that, that's been the best of both worlds in terms of being healthy most of the time, getting most of the benefits of health, but also being able to enjoy when it's time to enjoy. 
but I encourage you to be conscious of what your particular relationship with food is and asking yourself, is it a healthy relationship? Are you in control or is the food in control? I'm not gonna tell you how to have a relationship with food, but I do encourage you to ask yourself, are you in control or is the food in control? My only advice to you is to stay in control. That's it for this episode and until next time, thanks. Love you guys.